0: This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast.
1: We are your study buddies for neonatology topics.
0: I'm Dr. Ben Korsha.
1: And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbeau.
0: Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's really Wednesday now. Now we're now we're cut up. Uh, how are you, Daphna?
1: I'm doing good, doing good. Excited to talk about phototherapy. Actually, this was one of the when I was studying for the boards, one of the like aha moments for me. I'm embarrassed to say, but maybe other
0: people. It's. It, it is, it's we'll not like that embarrassed way. to say, I don't know if it's, it's embarrassing for you to say, but I remember when I was studying as well, it was embarrassing for me to say like, because if you had asked me, which topic can you teach on the fly to any mm-hmm. resident, I would have mm-hmm. said phototherapy. And then you read and you're like, I never I didn't really actually thought know. about it like in, <laughs> in depth like that. And, That's right. and so, yeah. Um, okay. okay. So today we're starting with a uh, question. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. All right, so a 48, uh, I'm not, uh, this question comes from uh, the, it, does it come from the Neonatology Review Q&A mm-hmm. book? Mm-hmm. Okay, so hematology and bilirubin question 15. A 48-hour-old full-term, well-appearing infant has an indirect bilirubin concentration of 16 mg per deciliter, receives treatment with phototherapy. The dose of phototherapy administered to the infant in this vignette is dependent upon all of the following except... So the dose of phototherapy administered to the infant in this vignette is dependent upon all of the following except number one, choice A, distance of infant from the light source, choice B, duration of light exposure, choice C, irradiance of light, choice D, spectrum of light, choice E, surface area of infant exposed.
1: Okay. So again, (laughs) when I was studying, I was like, well, this, I don't they all seem a little bit right. So so we'll talk about it. Um, The dose of phototherapy is dependent on the light spectrum. That's answer D. And so this has been well studied and the wavelength of uh, light is 425 to 475 nanometers or the blue uh, wavelength, which has been found to be the most effective.
0: So can I tell you a cool story about that? Yeah, of course. So when we were when I was making the icon for this week's uh uh-huh. uh for this week's episodes, the blue light, I was trying to find the light that would match the so on on Adobe Illustrator, I clicked on the on the on the on the swatches and you can uh-huh. actually enter a wavelength, right? So I found like uh-huh. four hundred and fifty nanometers <laughs> and then and then I was like, Oh, this How is smart. perfect. Now. Yeah, that was so cool. I was like, <laughs> it's never gonna work, but yes, you can actually enter the the, the White light spectrum wavelength, whatever, huh. and it will give you that.
1: <laughs> that is really cool, actually. <laughs> um, irradiance of light, uh, answer choice C. So it does depend on irradiance of light. And irradiance is really. Listen, I didn't do great in physics. I'm not going to lie to you. So irradiance of light is the power of electromagnetic radiation per unit area. And this has also been well studied. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends at least 30 units of spectral irradiance for intensive phototherapy. And um, I say spectral irradiance because (laughs) the um, units for wavelength... Um, is or for irradiance I should say the unit for irradiance is really um, like watts per surface area per wavelength so um, we use 30 um, for phototherapy Um, distance of the infant from the light source uh, answer choice a um, is also important because light intensity increases as the distance decreases Um, and what is the distance so this varies by manufacturer it's typically 12 to 30 centimeters um, for from the baby's skin surface And then E, surface of area of infant exposed. Also very important. We know that the more skin that is available for um, interaction with phototherapy, um, the more effective our phototherapy would be. The Mm -hmm. dose of phototherapy that is administered does not actually totally depend on the duration of light exposure. And we will talk about why in just a minute. I know. (laughs) That's what I said. So I got this question wrong when I was studying for the test. So um, let's talk a little bit about phototherapy, right? So phototherapy works by exposing the skin to this photon energy, which is then absorbed by bilirubin and causes these really cool photochemical reactions. Um, specifically, phototherapy converts unconjugated bilirubin into two different isomers. Um, so the light can interact with bilirubin in the superficial capillaries and the interstitial spaces of the skin. And then it can either be converted into a water-soluble isomer, Z-lumirubin. We, we nickname it lumirubin. Um, that does not require further conjugation in the liver. It's easily excreted by the body in bile and urine. Um, and when it is converted into lumirubin, this is actually a structural isomerization of the indirect bilirubin molecule. So that means it actually changes the structure permanently. So this is irreversible. And once bilirubin is turned into lumirubin, it will not go back to bilirubin, which... Mm-hmm is really cool. Um, Additionally, phototherapy creates a configurational isomerization for Z15E bilirubin, which means that um, this isomer is reversible, Um, So it decreases indirect bilirubin concentrations for some time by its ability to be excreted in bile. However, knowing that in this configuration, it can be converted back into unconjugated bilirubin. For example, once it is uh, turned into bile, it goes back into the bowel and it's away from the light source, it readily converts back to unconjugated bilirubin. Mm -hmm. So that's why um, conversion to lumirubin is so important. Um, Photoisomerization begins almost immediately after exposure to the blue wavelength. And so that's why it's important to initiate phototherapy as quickly as possible. Um, That's also why um, the duration of phototherapy is um, less important. Um, the other important feature of the photoisomers is not only can they be excreted readily, reducing bilirubin, but they cannot cross the blood-brain barrier, and this reduces the risk of kernicterus significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, lumirubin, the structural isomer, the one that is um, kind of permanently changed, is actually made in much less quantities than the configurational isomer, but because it is cleared so quickly, it's the predominant effect of phototherapy. And the most important or significant reduction of bilirubin from phototherapy actually occurs in the first four to six hours from initiation because of the creation of lumirubin. So that that portion of bilirubin uh, never turns back into unconjugated and it's easily cleared from the body. Mm-hmm. So that's why in our question, phototherapy efficacy doesn't necessarily rely on the duration of treatment. This is also why intermittent phototherapy um, has been studied and it's as effective as continuous phototherapy. And I think you might tell us more about that tomorrow. Yep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, questions so far? No,
0: no. This is very helpful so far.
1: The other thing I wanted to talk about is the different types of phototherapy bulbs. Cause I never really thought about it, frankly. I mean, I thought okay. about it and then I moved on. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. So we know there are halogen buns, there are bulbs, fluorescent tubes, or those overhead bank lights, those long tubes that look like you know the ones you put in the ceiling, and the newest version are the LED lights. Um, and of course, we have the fiber optic um, Billy Rubin blankets. And so they all work quote unquote. Halogen lights tend to be compact. um, They're easy to use. They generate high radiance, especially at the center focus of the light. But one of the downsides is they generate a lot of heat energy, um, which can burn infants, especially if placed too close to the skin and um, causes a lot of insensible water loss. So um, that was a prevailing theme around phototherapy is that babies would um, have dehydration, have a lot of insensible water losses. And that was true for the halogen lights. Fluorescent banks work, but only when they're close enough to the infant. Um, Often when they're used like outside of the isolate, they're actually too far away. um, And so it's really important to check the irradiance um, when you're using those banks the leds tend to last longer so they're a little, they're a bigger investment up front for hospitals but they um uh, tend uh, to have a longer longevity um in terms of equipment they emit their radiation irradiation without additional heat energy so they're less likely to burn infants and I've always thought about this, too, but never really figured out. Those LED units have the blue light, but they also have these red or amber colored um, lights. And this is actually just to counteract kind of the visual effect of the phototherapy. Um, uh, Insensible water losses are decreased with the use of LED and fiber optic lights. Yeah. Cool, right? Those little red lights. Yeah. Um. The other thing I wanted to talk about um, is what's with, like, single, double, triple phototherapy. So the truth yeah. and is I think, that I
0: there's… Think, um, I was going to say, I think, I think I forgot if he did this on air or not, but Avroy Feneroff, when we interviewed him, he was mentioning how back in the day they used to have to go and change the bulbs on the phototherapy. You remember he said he something like that? He say like, that. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, there was a, a, a <laughs> specific lifespan to these to these to these lights and, and as a fellow he had to go and like change the bulb. So you can be thankful for LED lights that you don't have That's to right. wake up in the middle of the night to to go <laughs> to, to change go change, the change the light bulbs. bulbs.
1: <laughs> can you imagine feeling like you're doing everything for a baby and then you had to like oh the light bulb stuff where you know you had to change out the light bulbs. So <laughs> lucky us That's right. So um, in general, there's really no consensus for this definition of single, double, triple phototherapy. Some centers use it like very concretely that it's just like the number of devices that you have on the baby. And then right. some centers, like our center for most of the nursing staff, <laughs> uses the multiples of irradiance of 30. So if you have an irradiance of 60, then some centers would say like, oh, we well, have double phototherapy. Now, it gets tricky if you have different irradiances and you have multiple units on mm-hmm. the baby. And maybe you'll tell us a little bit more about that, mm-hmm. those studies also. That's right. <laughs> you have a list of studies. I have a list of do.
0: stuff to cover for tomorrow <laughs> and, for, and Friday, I guess, so we can cover a little bit on Friday. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's that's really it about phototherapy. I just um really never understood (laughs) that it's that um, structural change to the isomer lumirubin that's kind of the most valuable, even though lumirubin is made in way less concentrations than the configurational isomer. So both of those are like potential questions, right? So uh, which one it happens more. Well, actually, the configurational isomer is made in greater quantities, but it's the conversion to lumi-rubin, the structural isomer, which is responsible for the greatest effect um, and the quickest elimination of bilirubin from the body.
0: Yeah, that's and that's the key. I'm not exactly sure why when we're in training, there's this idea that we say, "Oh, yeah, like it will it will create configurational changes to the bilirubin," which Right. You're making an isomer, but there are configurational and structural isomers. And what's interesting is that what you were describing of uh, the structural isomerization of bilirubin to lumirubin is a one-way reaction, right? So, so once, right. It, once it goes in that direction, like you're effectively getting rid of the bilirubin. But when mm-hmm. you're going through the pathway of configurational isomerization, which you said is the most common one, it keeps going back and forth. Um, which, so, right. so it's, it's, so you, you technically don't make that much, you could, you, you don't make as much of a dent in your, in your bilirubin level. So right. that, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. And it's kind of nice that in bilirubin, at least th- they've added, um, Latin, um, prefixes that make sense, right? So lumirubin Mm -hmm. is, is the, is the, is the molecule that comes after you expose them to light, right? right? It's just like, it's just nice that everything has a name that you can pretty much remember.
1: Yeah. That makes, yeah, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Anyways, I just thought it was fascinating. So we knew we wanted to cover it.
0: Yeah. So tomorrow, um, we'll talk a little bit about like the intensity cycling. Should we use that foil? Um, And Mm. uh, and 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 so on. The
1: baked potato effect.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) And if you um, don't know
1: what we're talking about, uh, because there are some centers that don't use foil, um, we'll
0: we'll let you know. We'll tell you. We'll tell you about (laughs) it. Yeah. All right. Definitely. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and neonatology Review podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to NICUpodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICUpodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.